He's done it. And look what it means to Roger Federer. The world number one claims his first US Open title. And in emphatic fashion it was as well. Hello and welcome back to uh, Rogue Opinions. My name is Reece Saunders. Uh, from, back for another career retrospective. And joining me tonight is Mr. Nelson Greenway. How are you, my, my friend? Hello, I'm very good. Thank you. I'm excited for this one. How are you? Oh, I've had a wonderful day. It's been, it's been a good day for you, Reese, hasn't it? Fantastic day. I'm, I've rejoiced, rejoiced and I've had a, dr- a celebratory drink over the firing of Jim Cornette. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> the cunt has gone. <laughs> and I can watch NWA Power once more. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, yeah, this is like... Uh, you're just your perfect, perfect. We're recording this on the day that Jim Cornette is. <laughs> the official word is resigned. Um, oh, uh, fired, fired, killed, shot, murdered. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, um, if people listen to oh, Jim Cornette, fuck you, I don't care. But no, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm so happy he's gone. But this is not a current respect of Jim Cornette because. That would take me two seconds. I just say you're a cunt. Uh, we are doing um, uh, retrospective on a man who is considered the goat of his sport, uh, not Chris Jericho, but um, Mr. Roger Federer. Uh, obviously, arguably the greatest tennis player of all time. Uh, Nathan, where does he rank for you in terms of uh, your fandom into tennis? Was he a big part of it? He he is a huge part of my fandom into tennis, and to pull back the curtain a little bit, tennis is probably my number one sport. You obviously hear me talk about football on a few podcasts here with Rahul Nani, but tennis probably goes even above football for me. And if you'd asked me two, three, maybe four four years ago, is he the goat? I would definitively have said yes in my opinion these days i'm not so so sure if he is gonna be if he is the goat i think we're in such we've reached a point where the three the three of them um i.e rafael nadal roger federer and novak djokovic are at such a different level now that you could realistically make an argument for all three of them I think Federer is the popular choice because he is kind of the face of men's tennis in the same way that Serena Williams is very much the face of women's tennis, Um, that he's the popular choice. But it's certainly, he is one of the very greatest of all time, for for certain. Are are we going to do this debate straight away then? Because we we, we had a little two and throw on on Messenger regarding the um, and Federer, or do you want to do you want to save that to the end? I think we could probably. I think we'll save we'll save it for the end after we've yeah. gone through the man's the man's record, the man's resume. And, yeah, uh, from yeah. there. Well, just to. I know we're going to talk about them. We just want to talk about just some of these records that he's got. Eight Wimbledon titles, six Australian top Open titles, five US Open titles, all consecutive as well. It's a record. 
and he has only one French Open title, which we'll get into at the end. Um, he's also one of only eight men to have achieved a Grand Slam, a, sorry, a career Grand Slam. Um, I just list off some of the things he's done. Uh, it's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, it's Honestly. crazy. He's got six, <laughs> six tour, six tour level, oh, sorry, tour finals as well, whatever guys that comes in, uh, including where he did include two in a row three times yeah. so he won that 0304 0607 10 and 11 uh he does have an olympic gold medal as well but that's in doubles he's got a davis cup as well he's got three hopman cups if you count that um uh-huh. also and it just lists on the most amount of prize money as well and 103 <laughs> titles only behind jimmy jimmy connor's crazy crazy amount of records it's it's startling which is why we do say we aren't going to get to everything <laughs> no 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 no, 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 no. <laughs> well, 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 to me, i i want to watch i'm a celebrity and nathan has oh, no. no 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 i don't watch i'm a celebrity i, I don't so i don't, I don't admit that i'm a man um, <laughs> but i just want to talk about this like um he turned pro in 1998 i was three years of age at that point and it just shows the longevity of the man. As we 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 spoke before the uh, before recording about how taking care of yourself has really helped him as well. Because before that, the peak of a taste player was what twenty six to twenty nine, maybe three years at the top. If you're a great great player, and he's thirty eight, he is a freak to this uh, to the norm apparently of tennis, as well as Nadal and uh, Djokovic and and um, Murray, but. Sorry, the big four, but outside of those three, that's all those three have had little niggling injuries. I can't remember a time when Roger Federer had an injury in the time I've been watching uh, tennis. I've been watching tennis since 2006, and I never know Roger Federer had an injury in that point compared to Murray, well, of course, hip and Nadal he has, with his knees. Was he it had, Nadal? Nadal has, um, te- he had a couple of spells of tendonitis in his knees. Uh, Djokovic has had a, some shoulder issues. Federer has, um, he has taken time out before for his back. And that's why he, uh, he's up until this year, he'd taken a few years off clay because clay is um, a much harsher, a much harsher surface. Um, but he has got, he's got another thing, which is that he's never, retired from a match that he's currently in he has obviously withdrawn before matches have started but he's never retired from a match that's in progress Uh, which is is on which is it sounds like such a silly thing to say because people will be thinking well if you're hurting just don't play but um some of the players do and then they pick up injuries and have to retire after the first set or half a set or whatever he's never done that once in his career in all what going on? Fifteen hundred career matches he's had. Fifteen hundred and seven he's had. Oh, it's only seven out. Look at me. I know. Well done, you. I, 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 <laughs> you know, I was supposed to do the quiz. Right, so how, uh, what, what, what do you know? Do you know where his career percent, the career, uh, career win percentages? Um, if I was um. Yeah, go on. Give me a choice of three. Um, eighty-one point seven, eighty-three point five, or eighty-two point one. 
Uh, I'm, I'm going to take a stab at 82.1. Nice and green, mate. You have won. My applause. Yay. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's staggering. It is. That is I mean, beyond the belief. I, it is. I mean, like, I can't, I can't think of anyone who has that sort of that, that, that sort of record percentage winning anything. I mean, probably Djokovic and Nadal might come close to that. I mean, I have to quickly look up theirs, but it's just biggest belief. 82.1% in percent winning record. He's only lost 270 matches. I know it sounds like a lot, but compared to winning 1,237, the man has, it's just biggest belief. But we're just going to um, touch on his, his junior career. So, um, from 93 to 98, he was a, he was a junior. Wasn't really um, an accomplished junior player. I mean, he won the Wimbledon Boys Tournament in 98. He won both uh, the doubles and um, the singles. Um, he did reach the junior Open in 98, losing to David Nalbandian. Contrasting careers, I think I can safely say, between those two. Yeah, I mean, yeah, David Nalbandian perhaps never reached the level that everyone thought he was going to, despite reaching the Wimbledon final in 2002, where he lost to Leighton Hewitt. He's most well-known for uh, getting disqualified from that Queen's match, where he kicked the advertiser boarding, it broke, and and unfortunately cut the shin of a line judge um, against, I think it was Marin Cilic. And it might have even been the final. I can't remember now off the top of my head. But, yeah, David Nelbandian, he didn't really reach the level everyone thought he was going to. He still had a, a great career. Um, if you're reaching Grand Slam finals, you're a hell of a player, regardless. Uh, and I think he, he won the Tour finals as well. He did. He won it in 2005. He did, yes. I mean, you talk about his career. Um, he, wore, he got to the semi-finals of um, Australia, French and the US, of course, that one the final way lost to, to Huey. Um, 383 wins, 192 defeats. Uh, he did win 11 career titles, 11, but compared to 103 for Federer, just, yeah. Yeah, it just says a lot. <laughs> um, but then we get, uh, and then we get to, uh, so Federer returned pro, um, his own professional career, uh, he got to, he entered the top 100 for the first time in 99 and he, um, he start and started at the 99 Marseille Open by defeating uh, the reigning champion of the French Open that year, who was uh, Carlos Moya. So a fantastic result there. Um, in 2000, his first final came again at the Marseille Open in 2000, where he lost to uh, a fellow Swiss in Mark Rossett. And then he won, uh, so, uh, are we going to count the, the Hotland Cup thing? If he did, he won that in 2001. Um, yeah. Switzerland. Why not? It's a good, it's a nice thing. Do, do you know who they beat in the final? Uh, there would have been it's the America, America, wasn't it? So it was Monica, Monica Sellerson. I was about to say I don't have it in front of me. I was going to try and guess, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he quotes my, my he quotes he quotes Hingis uh, a lot, saying she helped him become the player that he is today. Uh, Martin, uh, uh, yeah, Martin, fantastic player, very much. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, five, five Grand Slam titles, two Tour finals, fantastic player. 
Um, but then it gets his first yeah, win. Great, great, come, great comeback for Monica Sayers because she came back to play play a bit of doubles, um, kind of in the last few years as well, um, and yeah. won a few Grand Slams and mixed doubles as well. So, yeah, great, great career from her as well. Yeah, no, but yeah, both fantastic players. I mean, um, I'm, I'm right. No, I'm, I'm probably thinking about the wrong one. Altogether, which one was stabbed on court? By the way, that's horrible thing. It was to think about. It wasn't. It wasn't them. Two, was it? No, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. But, it wasn't uh, no. I can't remember I'd, off the top of my head either. Uh, right, we'll move on. So his first singles win was at the 2001 uh, Milan Indoor Tournament, where he defeated uh, a player called Julien Boutet in the final. I hope I, I didn't butcher that. He's French. No one cares. <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, although he won his, he didn't win on the Challenger Tour, won just below the ATP Tour. Um, he, he that was his first win on the proper main tour. Um, so he made his. So in two thousand one, he made uh, his first Grand Slam quarterfinal. Do you know where that was? What tournament that was in? Oh, the French Open. Which is a shock, really. You would think it would have been one of the. Well, I would probably say Australia over. The French one. So he, he he's not had the success on clay that he's had on hard and grass courts, of, of course. Yeah, uh, it just but, um, but, he's not. He's when as a te- late as a late teenager, so eighteen, nineteen, twenty, and then into kind of his very early twenties, he just wasn't as consistent um, a player as he would obviously go on to be, and no one is. But um, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's good stuff. It took um, Alex Karecha to take him out. He's a phenomenal clay court player. Uh, so he was clearly on a on a good roll, even though what was he only eighteen? Two thousand one. Two thousand one. He was born in eighty one. So yeah, no, he would have been twenty. He was twenty at that point. Okay. Um, but then his uh, but then his, his international breakthrough came at uh, Wimbledon, uh, where he faced. The defending champion and the four-time defending four-time defending champion, also the all-time Grand Slam leader in uh, Pete Sampras. Um, I've watched highlights of this match. Of course, I haven't watched the whole thing, but he beat him in a five-set match to reach the quarterfinals. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in a way, this was kind of a passage of the guard sort of thing. Like Sampras was still, I mean, it's a still defending champion, but he wasn't. He, he, he wasn't the force that he, he wasn't the force yeah. that he once was because obviously he'd only have um, Sampras would go on to win one more Grand Slam, the 2002 U.S. Open. Uh, but he was very much on declines, probably harsh, but I guess that's what it was because he would take a long time off of tennis, not long after yeah. this, before deciding to play the U.S. Open. But yeah, he was still he was still an absolute force, and I think pretty sure. He was favourite to win the 2001 Wimbledon um, yeah. as as well, but Federer kind of it's a dream it's a dream match that any tennis fan would want both in their prime if they if they both were. Uh, oh, I was about to ask that, uh, que- I was about to ask that question: who, who would win in their prime, Federer or Sampras? Uh, I think Federer probably would. I think um, Federer just has probably a bit more. To to his game, uh, if it's a net bat, if it ends up just being a net battle, then Pete could probably would probably win. But I think if if Federer could keep it 
uh, to the back of the court, he'd probably have a bit too much repeat. All right, it's just, it's, it's one of them things you can say about sport. I like me, you could have said who would have won. Mike, uh, Mike Tyson or Muhammad Ali, that would have been a, like one of them yeah. things. Stamp up the Federer and uh, who would win more, Fangio or Schumacher. Um, that that again, it's a, it's a, it's those dream things that you have, dream matches you have in your head that 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 would just uh, be wonderful to see. But alas, we we never get to see it. Uh, but in the quarterfinals, he faced uh, Tim Henman. He lost in the fourth set tiebreaker. But uh, the two thousand one Wimbledon thing, I just want to segue a little bit from from Federer. It, that was a very fair, that was a fairy tale tournament for Goran uh, Ivanisevich. Um, mm. It was given a wild card. Didn't even qualify. Got wild card. Got to the final. No one thought he'd win, and oh, he did. Um, also, a fact about Goran Ivanisevich: he's a Russian Rajabian fan. Oh, yeah, he is, isn't he? He's been pictured he wearing jersey a fair amount. Oh, yeah. Well, look yeah. at you, poor, ba- poor bastard. <laughs> <laughs> still to this, still to this day, the lowest ranked player on the men's side to win a Grand Slam. I think he was all the way back in the hundreds, wasn't he? Oh, uh, he had a torrid time. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, he was... I mean, it wasn't a run the thing. He did beat... I mean, he was runner-up in 92, 94, and 98. He was 125th uh, in the world at this point. Um, he did beat uh, Pat Rafter in the final as well, in five sets, but... We, we, we get back to, to Roger Federer. So his first final he reached at Masters level uh, came in Miami, where he lost to um, Andre Agassi. Uh, but then he won his first Masters Series event uh, at the 2002 Hamburg Masters on clay, surprisingly. Um, again, you would have thought on hard or on hard court, not clay, but he did beat Marit Safi. That put him into the top 10 for the first time. Nice. It's a hell of a scalp to take at that time as well, Marit Safin. Yeah. Am I right in thinking that him and his sister are the only brother-sister pair to ever reach number one in the world? You are. Dinara Safina, uh, Marit Safin's uh, sister. So, yeah, well, she, she was world number one for a couple of years. She never won a Grand Slam. And then uh, she did retire quite young. But uh, she, was a, she was a great player, just very inconsistent and much like her brother, very hot-headed on the court. So, but Marat Safin, two, uh, two Grand Slams, 2005 Australian Open and 2000 US Open, I think. Man, you like, man, you like tennis, don't you? <laughs> 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 uh, but between uh, 1998 and 2000, uh, 2002, Federer made 10 single finals. Uh, he won four and lost six. He also made six finals in doubles. Um, and he finished 2001, uh, ranked at 13. And then 2002, he finished at number six. So the rise was coming. The, the, the momentum was coming with him. He was winning things. And then in 2003, he won um, his first grand title at Wimbledon, beating uh, Andy Roddick. One of his, well, I think one of his great rivals, I think, Andy Roddick, in the early years of... Uh, Roger Federer until the, the emergence of um, Djokovic and Nadal. Uh, a, uh, I, I think Andy Roddick would admit himself. Well, I, I know he would because he said it himself. It wasn't much of a rivalry. It's very, very one-sided. I'm pretty sure <laughs> before before Andy Roddick. Andy Roddick is a phenomenal player. 
Oh, it's seven in his, in his own right. Um, if he was born at any other time than when he was, he would have won a lot more than his lone 2003 US Open success. But um, former world number one as well. But it was very one set. I'm pretty sure Andy Roddick got the last laugh before he retired. I'm pretty sure he won the last one that they played against each other. But uh, <laughs> it, it wasn't much of a rivalry. And um, unfortunately, we'll, we'll come to learn that because there's a few Grand Slam finals. That yeah. Andy Roddick came, unfortunately came up against the force that is uh, Roger Roger Federer, and in I think in the final, I think the answer to numerous pub quiz questions of who did Roger Federer beat to win his first Grand Slam, the Australian Mark Philippoussis, not a name what you a hear name. very often. What it's a, a name great, that is. is a great name. Philippoussis. <laughs> see that that's a child in me if I see a funny word like that I'm going to laugh it was um, and then he um, so he wins that um, one of many so that was a start yeah <laughs> and then in August he, he had a chance to take over number one uh, ranking, but um, from Andreas at the time, but he, again he lost in the semi-finals to Roddick in Montreal, uh, and then yeah. he lost. He had yeah. early I think that's, that's a case of um, Federer won the battle, but Roddick won the war in 2003. <laughs> what, 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 would you, what would you rather have a Cincinnati win over Roger Federer or a Wimbledon win over Roger Federer? <laughs> well, I know I'm choosing. I know, well, well, this is what. Um, this is what uh, Roddick needed because 2003, Roddick would go on to uh, end the year as world number one, which you get yeah, a nice shiny you get a nice shiny trophy for. Yeah, um, but I know what I'd rather have. I'd rather have a Wimbledon trophy. <laughs> well, in 2003, it was even because obviously Federer would get Wimbledon, but Roddick would get the US Open. The US Open, and um, yeah, Ooh. so one one a piece that wouldn't last long. But they have uh, won a so, piece at this point. <laughs> oh, we, we, we get to 2004 now. Uh, Federer won three Grand Slam singles titles for the first time in his career. And it's the first time I could be so uh, in 1988. This was a start of Federer saying, bitch, move out my way. I am the best. Um, he won, so he, 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 he beat Marit Safford in the um, Australian final. He was number one. He beat Ronick again in Wimbledon final, and then he beat Leighton Hewitt uh, for the US title. He also won three Masters 1000 events. Uh, took two, took um, won the ATP 500 Series event at Dubai. Uh, he wrapped up the year by winning the year-end uh, championship for the second time. He also won his first time at home at capturing the Swiss Open. Uh, he won 11 singles titles this year. Uh, his record of 74 wins and 6 losses was the best since Ivan, uh, Ivan Lendl in 86 and he finished year number 1 rank for the first time not surprising at all that he was number 1 at the end of that year not, not a bad year let's, let's, let's not call it a bad one but uh, for uh, those that don't know a lot about Roger Federer we're not even talking about his best one <laughs> no, no not, not at all not just yet that is, that is still, still to come uh, um, but, uh, yeah, 
yeah, from there, as we're going into 2005, it'll kind of just be literally uh, consolidation. More, more to say. Well, not not more to say. The Australian Open, he would lose to Safin, but then rinse and repeat. He wins Wimbledon, beating Andy Roddick. Uh, US <laughs> Open, he wins that again as well over the great American Andre Agassi. Uh, it's just. It's, it's crazy stats again it this is. year. But we get, and, uh, there, was, there was an interesting thing knowing this year, in 2005, um, in Miami. It was the first final contested between Roger Federer and a young upstart called Rafael Nadal. <laughs> so um, the warning signs were there for Mr. Federer. I was, it, it, was two set, it, it was two sets down. Um, in that uh, final, and he come back and he, he won it. He won it in five sets. Um, yeah, as you said, the warning shots were there between Federer and Nadal. I mean, of course, Nadal won um, the French Open this year. His first, well, it was his first. Well, didn't he win it like eleven years in a row, or something like that, or ten years in a row? I don't know. He just won so many fucking French Opens. Um, this, and uh, also, Nadal. Yeah. Are you talking yeah. about? Yeah, 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 uh, Nadal, yeah. Well, he's, he's won, he didn't win it in 2009, and he didn't win it. In the year oh, we didn't Which year did Djokovic win it? Oh, and then Djokovic, Djokovic won it one year, and then Vavrinka won it. Last. I think he's got, I'm pretty sure he's got like 12 or 13 now. Yeah, well, no, as I said, look. The, the, we'll give the fans what they want. We'll give them this nice <laughs> Roger Federer thing, and then we'll get into that debate at the end of the thing. But yeah. um, so the end of the, the, the end of this year, two thousand and five, he won eleven titles. Uh, he won eighty one victories, four defeats, with a ninety five point two percent winning average. That's it's just just th- crazy. It, but things it's not the best. It's the third best winning percentage in the Open era between Mac. Behind Macaron in '84 and Collins in '74, it's, um, just, it's stunning, isn't it? It's that given the amount of tournaments these guys play week in, week out, traveling around the world, jumping on this plane and that plane, and playing on different surfaces, and you know that uh, people are going to raise their game to levels they can't usually do because they're playing you. And to only lose four matches in a twelve months. So for people that don't know people that don't know much about the tennis calendar at this point, we are talking January to late November. Uh, it finishes slightly earlier uh, these days. But, but although although the date although the Davis Cup is going on thanks to Mr. Gerard Piquet. And yes, that is footballer Gerard Piquet. Who owns uh, but um, it's just it's staggering. It's not even that though. It's because at this point as well, he was playing in every tournament. He was playing in, he, in not like now where he picks and chooses. Now he was playing at this time of his career. Every tournament he was playing, he was winning. Pretty. He won pretty much every single one of them. And to lose only four matches is just it's just staggering, as you said. But then we get to 2006. This is statistically the best season of his career. He won. He's and it was the first time that he was. He was the first man uh, in history to achieve the Wimbledon U.S. Open double for three consecutive years. 
Um, he won 12 singles titles this year. Had a match record of 92 wins and five losses that year. And he also reached finals in... Okay, so he did 17 tournaments that year. He entered 17 tournaments. How many finals did he get into? It, it's something crazy. I know that because I've it seen is. this before. It's it's something nuts. It's either 15 or 16. I'm just going to say 16. Oh, my my and also, <laughs> he, he also won three Grand Slam titles uh, again and reached a final of the other one uh, where he lost against Nadal in the French Open. And this was the first meeting in a Grand Slam final. Um... He was also the first man to reach all four finals in the calendar year since Labour in 69. And he also beat Nadal in, at the Wimbledon final. Uh, who did he beat? Sorry, he beat Bagdatis in Australia. That's another pub quiz uh, question and answer for you. And, there is. Oh. Man who, uh, he, re- he retired this year, Marcos Bagdatis, after that was the peak of his career, very much so, but had a solid career. And, uh, he did. Yeah. I know he's a big fan, so enjoy retirement. Yeah, Marcus, we, we do this for you. <laughs> uh, and at the US Open, I see what you meant, man. Yeah, Roderick lost again <laughs> to Roger Federer. Oh, the poor guy just can't, can't catch a break. He, he, got a, he got a couple over him. He got a couple over, over him here and there, but um, he, uh, poor guy, just haunted. My favorite. I I like um, the for what was to come. Again, we talk about the warning signs of uh, what was to come. Uh, He he only lost to two players in 2006. One was obviously we spoke about Mr. Rafael Nadal. The other was a was a lovely Scotsman named Andrew Murray. What happened to Andy Murray, I wonder? <sighs> Who knows? Maybe we'll find out as we keep going. <laughs> Do you know, I'm, I'm just going to say something there. 90-year-old Andy Murray looked like he had pubes for hair. It was horrible. He did, he did that atrocious hair, didn't he? It was just all... <laughs> it's, it's that thing that... It's what happens to all British sports people, because Andy Murray did a lot of his training and a lot of his junior stuff based in Spain. And what happens when any Brit, um, and let's include, we, well, we know Gareth Bale, who plays for Real Madrid. Well, no, as soon as they go to Spain, they grow their hair out. Like, <laughs> Gareth, Bale, Gareth Bale's looks okay. He looks back to the ponytail. Andy Murray let him grow out, and it was curly, yeah. and it was nothing. He looked like a young Jeremy Clark with that haircut. <laughs> yeah, he did um, a bit, but... He was going for a phase. <laughs> <laughs> um, but go, go back and say, he beat, Murray beats him in the second round of the Cincinnati Masters. But a Federer finished the season on a 29-match winning streak, and as well as winning 48 of his last 49 matches after the French Open defeat. And when we talk about after the French Open defeat, the French Open is very much centre of the centre of the season. Uh, it's the second of the four, second of the four Grand Slams. So there's still two more Grand Slams to go. It's just crazy. 
48 out of 49 matches. Jesus Christ. Um, but then, uh, near the end of the season, he won, he won his home time for Swiss uh, indoor with Basel. Uh, but and he also missed um, the two, this was his first win after missing the tournament in 2004-2005 due to injuries as well uh, but we get to 2007 he reached all four Grand Slam finals again winning, winning three of them again so that takes him while we're up to now we're up to ten yeah we're heading towards well the 2009 Wimbledon is where yeah. he, I think he either equal or beat Sampras, yeah, yeah he, beat, um, he would have passed it to 2009 Wimbledon. So he yeah, must be up to kind of 9 10 now. We're, we're at this point. He beat, so he won the Australian Open without dropping a set. Now, to people who are unfamiliar with tennis, to not drop a set in five set tournament setting is ridiculous. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> that's. It's, it's staggering. You're basically not giving your opponent anything. And. Uh, yeah, it's just it's you, there's no words for the dominance. The dominance is well, ridiculous. No. The consistency is insane. His level never drops. He always he always plays like he's world number one. He doesn't. He didn't dip at this point on anything. Uh, this is when I was like watching tennis as well. This is when I was getting to the um, I was aware of Roger Federer and I was watching it consistently. Uh, it was it was just interesting, but I say, and also what gets me with Roger Federer is how quiet he is. A lot of players when they play the effort and they make it, they make a grunt noise. You go, um, you didn't just listen to a porn film there, guys. By the way, it's still a podcast. Um, but Roger Federer, even when he puts effort in, he never makes a noise. It's just it's just staggering. Yeah, like he used to call Beyond Ball the Iceman because you could never really tell. What he was, uh, what he was thinking on court. He had the same face if he was winning or losing. Uh, that's the same. But there's been a few blips here and there. I remember him smashing a racket one year, uh, which is very unlike Roger Federer. So obviously it made all like the news and everything because he'd lost his call in a match against Djokovic, I think. But um, yeah, it is just it's, it's he's very Swiss, very neutral. He doesn't. You, you don't really know. <laughs> If he's winning or losing, I think he's got a bit more pumped up these days. So you'll get the odd uh, Vamos or the equivalent of him, whatever language he's speaking. Because the guy speaks like five languages. But um, yeah, he's uh, yeah, you don't really know what's going. He's just, he's just a machine. Like yeah. at this point in his career, you don't know if you don't know if you peel back his skin and just find a metal skeleton. It's just crazy dominance and. Uh, Talk about the consistency, like some the best tennis players are just consistent. And that's the thing that we'll get into at the end where we talk about Novak, Nadal and, and Roger. It's just the consistency of all three of them is yeah. just staggering. They don't, they win matches they should win. So they win matches they should win. Like what do you do against them? Like even when they're yeah. playing terribly. In nine times out of ten, they still win, and it's just crazy. It's like your your best day could be the could be the worst day, and they'll still beat you. And it yeah, must the, the, the psychological aspect of that is, you, if you know your players, I'm just going to say Roger Federer at Wimbledon. If you play Roger Federer at Wimbledon, you know that a the crowd is behind Roger Federer. B Roger Federer is imperious on grass, and C. 
he can have a shit game and you can have a game of your life and still knock you out. Because yeah, well, you see, you see it every now and then against Roger and Rafa and Novak and sometimes Andy as well. It's that thing where a player at a Grand Slam will go two sets up and part of you just knows that player is still oh, going to yeah. win this match. And we're going to yeah. talk about, we're going to get to one, uh, I can't quite remember what year it is, but there's one at Wimbledon where Roger was playing a really good left-handed player called uh, Alejandro Fire. And Fire went two sets up and actually served for the match. And this was in the first or second round of Wimbledon. And then from that moment onwards, Federer changed. And he ended up, Federer won the match, obviously. But the guy served for the match and Federer then just stomped his authority on him. And you're just like, oh. it's just staggering. <laughs> it's sad and it's hilarious. It's sad and hilarious at the same time for that other bloke. But we're, we're carrying on with it. So, um, so uh, going back to the, winning the Australian Open for that drop of the set, he was the first man in the 21st century to accomplish a feat. Uh, Bjorn Borg did it in the French Open in 1980. Federer uh, had entered the gear on a huge streak, winning streak, and after capturing his fourth Dubai crown, his winning streak saw 41 matches. The longest, the longest of his career and only five shy of the all-time record. Um, his streak, though, was ended in controversy. He was defeated by uh, Guillermo Cañas uh, of Argentina. This is how this is the um, the depths that were going to beat him. Uh, he was he filed a drug test for doping <laughs> to, to beat Roger Federer. Um, it was the first round defeat. Uh, that he was beaten. It was the first time since August 2006 he suffered defeat. It was seven months that he went undefeated for. Um, so then we get to the clay season. Federer won the Hamburg Masters. It snapped Nadal's 81 match winning streak on clay, which is still an open record. So clay, Nadal was... See, what, what, I'm, I'm keeping quiet. Um, Nadal, Federer was a set down uh, and he won the final set Six, uh, six love. So you get a final set bagel. Um, but again, he um, he lost the final, very tight final though, um, against the doll. But he he went, he only got one at seventeen break uh, break point opportunities against the doll, and this one. So of course he lost. Um, then we get the final against. Uh, Nadal five sets not the best match they'll ever have um, of course and then he reached the final of Montreal and he played a relatively unknown Serbian called Novak Djokovic and he beat Novak and Djokovic beat him um, um, yeah so that, that, there we go there's number two uh, well that, that's all three of them now that have beaten him uh, relatively <laughs> unknown at the time but he did rebound Cincinnati on his fifth title of the year. He also um, entered the French, the US Open, and he faced Djokovic in the final. Again, very close, but he beat him. And this put uh, Federer ahead of uh, Leiva and Bjorg for third on the all-time. This is a major victory now. Um, do you know what the American press labelled him as for this French, uh, for this US Open? What they labelled him as? Uh... They labelled him. Was this the year where he wore all black? Oh, you bastard. 
Yeah, you yeah, were it was all black. Uh, it was Darth Federer, wasn't it? And they played the the Imperial March when he when he when he when his next son caught three of these matches. Oh, that did was, they? I don't. I don't. That was that. amazing. <laughs> God, imagine that. Yeah, <laughs> imagine that. You you say you you're a you're a you're a young tennis player. You play for Roger Federer at the US Open, and all you hear is dun 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 dun. The smoke and Roger Federer all in black walking out. You're just gonna go. Fuck this, I've lost that. I'm just trying to wreck it in now. I'm not playing. I'm done. <laughs> um, but you finish your year um, with number one for the fourth year in a row. Uh, and during these four years as number one, he won 11 Grand Slam titles, singles titles. Uh, he won, he had a triple Grand Slam year again. And he's the only player in history to win three majors in a year for three years. And also, it was the third consecutive season that he held the one ranking for 52 weeks of the year. Dominant, just owning the sport, isn't he? It was. Um, 2008, um, it was, he, his success was severely hampered by... Uh, he had uh, glandular fever. Lovely. Uh, and also, uh, for, which suffered for the first half of the year. And at the end of the year, as you said previously, he had a, he suffered a back injury. But he still won a Grand Slam in this year. He won against um, Andy Murray. Uh, he also was beaten by Nadal uh, in the two Grand Slam finals of the French and Wimbledon. Can we talk about the Wimbledon final? Uh, we... Yeah, we can. Because I remember, um, I remember How... where I was when so I watched this. I this was during my days when I used to do athletics, so sprinting, and we and so I had the East of England Championships in the morning. Uh, went there. And then I'd missed the first set by the time I got home after that. And, uh, yeah, it was it was a breathtaking final for me. It's still one of the best Grand Slam finals of all time. I think a couple of the Dow Djokovic ones later in the years, maybe uh, trumpet for drama. But this one was, it was, it was it's just a staggering final of just contrasting styles, just blending to make magic and uh but yeah Nadal Nadal finally on his third attempt uh pulled it off I me and my uncle my uncle was um very instrumental into getting me to watching the tennis and we we sat down together uh in my bedroom we had the TV on and we watched um God, I say it's really bad that um, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh fuck it now. My, my uncle is not Prince Andrew. Um, <laughs> so, so, I said my uncle came around. Uh, so we we said we watched final. I said yeah. So my, my mom my mom is a my mom hates sport in every capacity. And so uh, put it on upstairs. We, we were watching it, and we had the rain breaks, of course. Then we had. Uh, they should have, it was a, it was a very long drawn out day, but just that that final that final point, you know, when Nadal wins and he falls on the floor, and the cameras, the, the, the flash of the cameras was amazing. And then, of course, it's crazy. He climbs up, and it was for me my my favourite tennis match. That I've seen, as you said, yes, there could have been some better ones. Nadal versus Djokovic, Australian Open. Uh, 
what, what six yeah. hours long or something like that. And then you had the yeah, the versus Murray as well, was five and a half hours long, and it was class. But um, yeah, so uh, so uh, Australian Open, of course, he lost uh, in the semi-finals to Djokovic. Uh, but this ended his record of ten consecutive finals uh, that he had, of course, in the Grand Slams. Uh, he lost twice well in the Masters series uh, to the Dahl. Uh, and he also captured three at the 250 level in uh, Estoril, Halle and Basel. Um, but at the Olympics, he won uh, doubles with Stan Brinker, beating the Bryan brothers in the, fi- in the semi-finals and then the Swiss uh, duo in the final. But he could only get to the quarterfinals of the singles draw. Uh, do you know who beat him? I do. The American James Blake. Again, a, a career that was uh, I think he had a, I think he had a good career. I think he was a. Yeah. He was James Blake is a maximizer for me. But he knew what he was good at. He did it, yeah. and uh, but he still a very a top top player, and maybe could have been a Grand Slam champion in another era. But a uh, hell of a forehand, but not a lot else. Yeah, he's a mid card talent, isn't he? Mid card. Um, but of course, this year, uh, Federer seconded his number one ranking to, to Nadal. He was at the top for 237 consecutive weeks, and at the end of the year, ranked number two. Um, Do you know, you know who Federer lost to to lose his number one ranking? Enlighten me. Is it, is it Andy Murray? No, it was the giant Croat, Ivo Karlovic, all six foot ten. Wow. Is still playing to this day at forty. Is he? He is. He's just, well. He might have retired at the end of this year, but he played this year. Wow! Still ranked. Still ranked in the top one hundred. Uh, that's that's, that's a fantastic record. Um, <laughs> yeah, pretty good. We get to two thousand and nine. Um, Federer entered with thirty Grand Slams, only one behind the all-time record, of course, held by Sampras. And he lost in the final in Australia, very very hotly contested uh, five-step match. But he struggled with a defeat in Melbourne, and he entered the play season without winning the title at all, which is unheard of. Um, but however, he did defeat Nadal for only the second time on clay to win the Madrid Masters, and then he uh, he won finally his French Open, of course, career, career, uh, completing the career Grand Slam. After Nadal's unexpected defeat to Robin Soderling, uh, Robin Soderling, I feel so sorry for him after this. He beat he beat Nadal in the French. Everyone thought he would go on to, to eventually win it. Of course, get to back to back finals in two thousand and nine, and but again had to retire due to at the age of thirty one, uh, due to uh, again glandular fever. Yeah, he never recovered. So he now never runs did. like a tennis line of like equipment like tennis balls and things like that uh he had a good career he made the he made the final he backed that up with the final in 2010 as well where he lost to ironically he lost yeah. to Dow. but um my one of my favorite matches of this uh grand slam was federer's one against tommy huss where um yeah. and i remember this match for one reason and it is that tommy huss won that first set because he won the first two 
He won that first set without winning a single point on Federer's serve. <laughs> Where Federer won, Federer won all his service games to love. And then Tommy Huss held all his service games as well. And then just won the tiebreak. <laughs> he won no return points. <laughs> oh, bastard. And then also, I, I, also, are you talking about the, the one against Juan Martin Del Potro? No, no, I'm talking about the um, the yeah, yeah, French yeah. Open. Yeah, I, I thought was, I thought we'd get to the second one uh, where he defeated. Oh, Dalton, no, at the, but... uh, the French Open, I can't remember what round it was, but he played Tommy Huss. Well, uh, it was... and then he, won it, he won it in five sets, but Tommy yeah. Huss didn't win a single point on Federer's serve <laughs> in the whole of the first set. <laughs> oh, God. And then, uh, and then, of course, he played Dalpotra as well in the... In the... Uh, semi. That was the US. Uh, uh, I know. That, that was the French, yeah. Uh, okay. I, again, one, one Marty Del Potro, very, very unfortunate with wrist injuries. Um, won, obviously, uh, of course, won um, the US Open. US Open. And, and, then, and then from there, again, lots of injuries. But he did, I mean, he has had some highlights, 2018 US Open, bronze medal at the Rio, so bronze medal at London, silver at Rio, and he has won the Indian Wells um, uh, title as well. But again, we got, in the final, Federer faced Soderling, and with a straight six victory, he finally ca- captured the French Open. Or do you know the French name for it? Do you know how to say it? Because I can't. I'm, I'm English, and the French is stupid. Oh, I don't, I don't know. I know it is the French Open or Roland Garros. Coupe de me 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 me. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be fired. No, yeah, yeah, we're gonna after this, after this podcast. Um. <laughs> oh, here we go. But he turned his sights to to Wimbledon, and he breezed all the way to the final. Uh, in the championship match, oh, he faced Andy Roddick again. <laughs> it was their eighth and final oh, yeah. meeting at the Grand Slam. Um, everyone thought that this year, that with Nadal not being there, it was Andy Murray's year, that he could have won Wimbledon. And of course, that's in the semi final where um, Roddick beat him, of course. Um, but we, we get to, but Roddick pushed Federer all the way in a record setting fifth set. Federer beat him 16-14 to win his 15th Grand Slam title and he broke the all-time record of Sampras. Do you think it could have been, all, could have been, all could have been so different. Andy Roddick, one set up, second set, set point for Roddick, comes to the net to hit a backhand volley, uh, to win the set, pushes it wide, and then Federer <laughs> just wins the second set. Uh, Pete Sampras was actually there. Um, again, I remember what, watching this. He was in the, it was probably in the Royal Box or something. And um, they come to interview Roddick at the end, and he just looks up and goes, "Sorry, Pete." This <laughs> <And>, uh, <laughs> is <just> really funny. <laughs> do, do you think do you think smile and then go go? You fucking prick! I hate you. You're a bastard. You're a bastard. <laughs> um, Again, but he continues to run by. He won his third, third title at Cincinnati, defeated Djokovic in final. At US Open, um, he, he, he defeated Sutherland and Djokovic. And he played Del Potro in the final. 
Um, and he led two sets of one, but then he lost, uh, losing the four-set tiebreaker. He also lost the match as well, uh, which was a shock at the time. But uh, 2009 was seen as the most historically relevant of his career. He, create, of course, created the, the career Grand Slam and also surpassed Sam Prass's, uh record. Uh, and this time, he finished as world number one. But everyone uh, thought Federer was oh, amazing. In 2010, he beat Andy Murray in the final. Um, and the Australian Australia. Open. Yeah, Australia, yeah, sorry. Um, again, he extended his record to 16, and he also matched Agassi's record of four Australian, uh, Australian Open titles. But since Wimbledon in 2005, he had made 18 out of 19 finals in Grand Slam tournaments. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Ridiculous, isn't it? It's just, it's just crazy. He's just got a monopoly on him. He has, but this was tournament though, by the end of his dominance at the majors. So he he wasn't as formidable, of course, with the rise of this was, Nadal. Yeah, this was this was beginning to be the turning point. So. Uh, well, not turning point, but just where other people were really beginning to kind of come into it. I mean, 2010, uh, he didn't even reach the he didn't reach the Wimbledon final, uh, no, which sounds lost. sounds mental at this point. Yeah. That he lost to finalist and also a guy who has just just retired at the end of a fabulous career as well, Thomas Burdick. Um, yeah, Nadal smashed him in the final, didn't Which was the thing. He didn't really turn turn up, and this is where Federer he began making changes and looking for answers. He was slightly kind of ahead of the curb on trying to find out how he could keep up with people, because uh, this is where he brought in uh, Paul Paul Anakine, who yeah. was Pete Sampras's old coach, to try and kind of get himself. Uh, it sounds weird to say back on track because for Federer reaching Grand Slam quarterfinals, semifinals and finals not winning them is seen as he's losing his touch. <laughs> and it's just which is just <laughs> baffling. <laughs> it's, 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 it's just like it's ridiculous. The fact is that like he I mean he did finish a year, he finished a year strongly. He won Stockholm, Swiss indoors, he also won the ATP tour final. And it brought his title to six six career titles. So he was still relatively successful. Um he'd be uh, he beat all his contenders in straight sets, bar the doll. And it also made the only tournament in his career where Federer defeated all fellow members of the supposed Big Four. Uh, but since Wimbledon in 2010, uh, Federer had a win-loss record of 34-4. and four. So still miles ahead of the average tennis player, but by Federer's standing. Four what defeats, two minutes. Oh no, yeah. shit, are they? God, Rod, uh, why are we even bothering? I know that 2011 was a. I, I loved the, the note that I took from this. 2011 was a lean year for Federer. <laughs> yeah, oh, he, he didn't do oh, much. No, he would. I mean, he, he, he must have beaten straight sets by Djokovic in Australia. Um, French. I know the French. He did beat. He did end Djokovic's undefeated streak of 43 consecutive wins. <laughs> This was crazy. Like 2011, one thing. Talk about Federer's like um, beginning to maybe 
look to need to make a change, but this was talk about a coming out party. Novak Djokovic, 43 wins. Novak Djokovic didn't lose a, a match from the start of the season in January until the French Open in the summer. So we're talking, I don't, can't remember really when the French Open is. I think it's sort of June, July time. Or maybe uh, end, of May, end of May, maybe something like that. But um, that's... Close second of May. Okay, um, crazy stuff. So that would have been, what was that, the semi-final? So that would have been from uh, January until the start of June. Yes. Yeah. Insanity. But, um, but yeah, well done, Federer. Federer. He's yeah, way. I love the best. No, no, no. Back. no. <laughs> I am the best. Poor guy. I am the best. Poor, Not poor you. Uh, but Wimbledon, he's had his 29th Grand Slam, consecutive Grand Slam quarterfinal. Uh, but he lost to Joe Wilfred Songa. And it was, it was the first time in his career that he lost a Grand Slam tournament match after winning the first two sets. That he lost the. So he lost. He won the first two sets and still lost. So he, yeah, the wheels, it, the wheels it, came off completely in that oh, match. It went a bit. It went mad, but um, just so for people who don't know a lot about tennis, when we talk about 29th consecutive Grand Slam final, there are four every 12 months. So to put it into that, so four every 12 seven months, years. 29. Yeah, seven years he had reached at least the final eight. But Ridiculous. Then, <laughs> and also, this is the first time yeah, since 2002. So... Um, nine years they had not won any of the four Grand Slam titles just again put in perspective four years I say four four tournaments every year for nine years it's just it's staggering staggering but in 2011 in a poll from South Africa this, this is a nice little bit of trivia for you Roger Federer was voted the second most trusted and respected person in the world in a South African poll just behind Nelson Mandela. <laughs> that is a nice little tidbit. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. See, we're, we're not just about we're not just about fun here. We hit you with hard hitting facts. Um, <laughs> not two people I would put together. Uh, but again, but going back to his tennis career, he finished the season successfully indoor. He won again the ATP World Tour final, Paris Masters, and the Swiss indoors. And he's finishing in rank number three, so his lowest ranking in what, what eight years, something like that. Shit. Nice. Um, uh, so yeah, we, we get to 2012, um, and this is a, a far more successful year for him. Um, he had his most most match wins since 2006, his highest winning percentage, and number of titles won since 2007. So um, he he reached semi final of the 2012 Australian Open. Setting up a 27th career meeting with Nadal. He lost in four sets. Uh, <laughs> he, won, he won the Rotterdam Open for the first time since 2005, beating Del Potro. Uh, defeating Murray in the Dubai Tennis Championship final. He then moved on to uh, Indian Wells, where he beat um, Nadal and John Isner. Uh, the only one thing I know about John Isner is he has that match with Nicholas Mahu at Wimbledon that was years long um, he's very you know, that, tall yeah, six, 6 or 10 and he's American I think there you go that'll do yeah, there we go yes, <laughs> yes. Um, 
Taylor are also won the title for a record four time, and in also doing so, equal the Dolph record of 19 Masters 1,000 titles. Um, he then went to, he went to Madrid, uh, blue clay this time. Ooh. Oh, that was the worst. I remember that, like, no one could stand on it because it was so slippy. And, um, <laughs> so it was it and... Yeah, Nadal lost. I can't remember who he lost to, but he was just complaining because Nadal on clay, you're thinking world beater, but he could barely play on it because it was just so slippery. It was the only year they did it. Why they did it, nobody knows. Just a uh, fuck with Russell Nadal, that's one. Or just someone new to win. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the French Open, he lost to uh, Djokovic. He uh, straight sets. But then Wimbledon, he had a five set match in the third round against. Uh, Julian Benito, I know how to say that one. Uh, he won the tournament, beating Andy Murray in the finals, and also getting the number one ranking back. Uh, so, he, of course, with this one, he called Pete Sampras. Um, Pete Sampras' titles at Wimbledon. Uh, he said he, Sampras was his hero. He's just felt amazing uh, to win seven Wimbledons. Sorry, one minute, mate. That's all right. Sorry, my little brother came in. Go to bed. <laughs> oh, shit. I was not used to that one. Okay, so, um, so and also winning seven of the... Okay, just equaling San Francisco's open era record. Um, and also, because beating Djokovic in the semi-finals, he got back to number one. Um, in the Olympics as well, he played a, a fantastic match in the semi-final at Del Potro. Uh, well, I remember watching this great match 1970, 19, 19, 19, uh, game 17, the third and final set. Um, I know this is something you want to say about Olympics. Do, do you want to say it now or do you want to wait to the end? Uh, I mean, we may as well say it now that we brought, brought it up, but basically, I'll kind of repeat the point at the end. I think next year, I think. Olymp- Federer really wants singles gold. Uh, spoilers, he doesn't get it at the next Olympics since we're already. <gasps> <in Toronto. laughs> but, um, so I do have an, uh, a hunch that next season might be Federer's last season and that the Tokyo Olympics, he's going to give the Olympics a proper crack and then it might be tight. Then I, th- I think he might ride off into the sunset as Steve Austin would say. But, um, I don't know that I've got nothing to base it on other than things that he said about the Olympics in the part in the recent past in interviews and stuff. But it wouldn't surprise me if he carried on playing as well, because he can still play at the very top level as we saw this week in London. Oh, amazing. There we go. Yeah. I just want to point out this podcast was a month in the making. We stupidly decided to do this before the ATP World Tour Finals. Then we, because we saw Federer do this shit, we said, oh, we'll do, we'll do it on a, on a Thursday. Federer wins, gets to the semis, and then we're thinking, oh, he's going to win, he's going to win, yeah, and then he didn't. He let us down again. Um, but going back to the, the 2012 Olympics final, um, I'll just talk about Andrew Murray just for a little bit. For me, this was Andy Murray's crowning achievement. The fact is that he's he was able to beat Roger Federer on grass 
at Wimbledon where he lost to him like a month before and cried. This is not going to be easy. Ah, fucking battle. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I do think I think Andy Murray's back-to-back Olympic gold medals are um, a crazy. Are perhaps is perhaps his best thing that he's done. Um, even though obviously he's got two uh, two Wimbledon's in a U.S. Open isn't bad either, and a year-end number one as well. But um, yeah, I think the Olympics is. I think Andy Murray he carries his heart on his sleeve, doesn't he? And he oh, loves. Yeah. He loves representing uh, Great Britain. He's playing Davis Cup at the moment. Uh, thanks, Gerard Piquet. But, um... <laughs> but <laughs> and he, he, he's always up for Davis Cup if he can play. And, um, but yeah, I, I think I'd, I'd probably say winning Wimbledon is a bigger thing for Murray. But the back-to-back Olympic medals, gold medals, aren't far behind. No, no, they're not. I mean, like when when he lost the Wimbledon final, he was Scottish, but when he won the, uh, <laughs> he was British once more. It's something. If you, I mean, I, I mean, we've got people who listen all over. I'm just gonna say, when you're English, you, <laughs> when you win something and you're English, you are English, okay. When you're from Scotland, Wales, or Northern Ireland, and you win something um, individually, you are British. But if you lose, you are Scottish or Welsh. So, you know, we... Basically, in England, we do not... We, we don't like freedom. Um, just that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> just ask, um, you know, Scotland, how their referendum went. Bastards. Uh, so, since I since I'm sorry. 2013, uh, Federer uh, has a lot. He's uh, developed back injuries, and he dropped from number two in the world to number six. And it was the first time since 1999 in which Roger Federer failed to reach a final in the first four months of the year. So in 12 years, he'd managed to get to at least one final in the first four months of the season. Beggar's belief. Um, but his only title that year came the Jerry, Jerry Webber Open, where he beat Mikhail Yuzhny. And he also played doubles uh, with his good friend Tommy Haas. Uh, but with a victory in Halle, he tied John McEnroe for the third most number of ATP t- titles won by a player. Um, he suffered his worst Grand Slam tournament defeat in 2003, where he lost in the second round against, uh, do you know who? Uh, that was Sergei Stakovsky. I remember watching that was match it, as well. A good seven volume player. It was it, was it was it wasn't the match seven six seven six seven six. I couldn't tell you that much, but I know it was close. And uh, Stakovsky displayed unreal with seven volume. Was just uh, stunning and just too much for Federer on the day. But I couldn't tell you the score. Um, it was seven six. I, I, I can. I, seven six. No, sorry. I'm, I'm going to go. Um, so six seven seven six seven five seven six. There was there was only one breaker serve in the whole game. That's crazy. That's you don't get that a lot these days. That's crazy. Uh, no, you don't. Oh, God, what a boring match to watch. Jesus. 
Oh, guys, you must really like tennis. To be honest, I go like I, I, I sat through that match, and I was, I think I was, how old was I? I was eighteen, so I was drunk. Um, <laughs> so this loss end, so this loss end, this figure has record of thirty six consecutive Grand Court finals in Grand Slams, but also meant he would drop at the top four for the first time since two thousand and three. Um, cool. So in what ten years? Ten years in the top four. I can't. Yeah, I can't. Oh, Tiger Woods. I can't name a man who's had that level of consistency at the top. I think Djokovic and uh, sorry, my neighbour's dog's going nuts right outside my window. But so sorry about that. But um, oh, right. I think. Novak and Rafa, no, not Rafa, sorry, because he's broken down a few times, but I think Novak must be not too far away from that. No, Djokovic, was it 2005 Djokovic got to the top four or something like that? It would have been 2006 or seven, I reckon. I can't, I can't imagine he's too far away from that, but I can't remember a time in recent history where Novak's really had any time off either. Uh, Nadal, is it number one now? Djokovic is second. Nadal's number one at the moment now, yeah. Federer third? Zverev's that Sipitas person's got to be quite high as well. Yeah, he's thinking Um, six at the moment. Oh, I don't like them. I don't like new people. Go away. But during the summer, though, um, Federer did try different rackets uh, compared to his normal ones. He had a um, he tried a bigger racket. It didn't really work out for him. But he continued to be after Wimbledon. He was upset early in, in the round, early in, in Hamburg and Stad because of his really bad back injury. And then also next, he was splitting with uh, Paul Anacone. Um, three years of his coach, but he did make the final with Basel. Um, but he lost to Apotro three sets, and said it's a mistake to play certain tournaments while suffering from his injury. Uh, it just shows that they the never say dying in the fact that he, he knew that he was injured, he knew that he couldn't play at the level that he knows he can, and he still tried. But, yeah, exactly. Um, just, um, I mean, it caught up, it's going to catch up with him within the next couple of seasons we're about to talk about where he needs to take time off. Yeah, so uh, in December this year, um, after a speech from Anna Cohn, he announced that Stefan Edberg, a fantastic player in his own right, rejoining his coaching uh, team along with, uh, or co-coach with, uh, Zevrin Luthi, or Luthi, whatever his name is. So they were co-coaching uh, Roger Federer. Uh, so in 2014, uh, he wins the Davis Cup with uh, Switzerland. Uh, and also, he, began, he changed rackets uh, this season. Uh, he, uh, from his long time frame in 90 inches to one that measured 97 inches. Uh, so, he, he had a bigger racket. Um, and he also, he'd been disadvantaged in the size of the equipment of Natalia Djokovic. That's so cute. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm 25. I'm, I should be older than <laughs> Uh, I'm just saying that. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Um, so he reached. Uh, he beat Songa and Murray to reach. Oh, he, must, he must have. He must have some good equipment because he keeps having twins. 
say? Uh, uh, <laughs> I can't two sets of each, and they're, they're all against colours wealth, which is a, which is a, I think. That's that's the oh, thing. Yeah. Like, he play, he play, he plays perfect tennis. He looks perfect, and then he just produces perfect children, who all look the same. Uh, and his wife is uh, his wife is very nice as well. Yeah, she's alright. Chop big hands. Giant hands. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, to be honest, he's got giant equipment apparently. So, um, <laughs> she, had good, she, had, she had a decent career, tennis player as yeah. well. Uh, stopped, by, uh, stopped, by, stopped by injury. Yeah, Mirka yeah. you uh, big up there to you. you. We know you're an avid listener uh, to this podcast. Yeah. Um, your giant hands. <laughs> if she, she she would listen, but her hands are too big to press the button. <laughs> <laughs> I said one thing. Um, so he beats he beats Songer and Murray to reach his eleventh uh, consecutive semi final in Melbourne. So eleven years and at least get to the top to the last four. Uh, but he, he lost to the Darling straight sets. Uh, the Dubai Tennis Championships. He beat uh, Djokovic in the semi finals and also won uh, his sixth Dubai Crown. Beat Osbert in the final. Uh, lost to Djokovic in Indian Wells. Uh, but in Davis Cup quarterfinals, he won both of his, set, uh, both of his matches against Kazakhstan. And then took a wild card in the Monte Carlo Masters. Imagine that Roger Federer having to use a, a wild card. But he, beat, he, he, he defeated Djokovic on the way to the finals, but lost to Pravinka in the final. So, well, he, he's, he's, um, so just, just to go back to the wild card, which tournament did you say it was for a wild card? Uh, Mon- Monte Carlo. Uh, he wouldn't. It. What would be? Why would he have needed a wild card for that? Unless he, I, 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 the only thing I can think of is he, if he said that he. He must have tried. To, he must have. Yeah, he must have applied for it late because his ranking surely would have got him, got him into that. So it might be a case that they'd already had the bracket of people because these tournaments are organised like a good few weeks in advance. So he might have run yeah. the tournament orga- tournament organizer and gone, "Hey, can I play?" And then he had to take one of the wild card slots because they'd already but, seeded all the players and everything. Uh, well, at this point, at this point, he was fourth in the world. But I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to find information. All I could find was uh, the following players fourth in the wild card. He wouldn't have needed a wild in... card. Yeah, so as I said, like, I'm just, I'm just reading through what's on here. It was um, Benjamin Ballera, Simone Bellelli. Dominic TM, whatever came of him, and then Federer, uh, of course, had a wild card. So, unless, uh, all I can think of is Roger said that he didn't want to play. Yeah, it would have been a late, it would have been a late thing, and then they're not going to turn him down, are they? So they're going to have, um, they're going to no. have to have just given him the wild card uh, to play at the last minute. Yeah, I mean, he lost to Fabinka in the final, but then in June he announced that he would uh, resign as the president of the ATP Players Council. It was his third. Um, it was his third term as president. He, so he was stepping down. Uh, Haller, he reached both the singles and the doubles final. Uh, he won his seventh Haller singles title, beating Alejandro Faller in the final, and also reached uh, a record ninth final at Wimbledon, 
defeated by Djokovic in a in an epic match uh, again, a fantastic match at, at Wimbledon between them two. Uh, he lost to Songa in the Canadian Open, but did win Cincinnati for a sixth time. So it's not like he only wins tournaments once or twice. You know, he won. You know, he wins them many times. But go back to the Davis Cup, he won yeah. both again, both his singles matches against Italy and led Switzerland to the final four for the first time since 92. Um, he, he then played the Shanghai Masters, beating Djokovic in the um, semis, and he um, defeated Gilles Simon in the final. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, another run-in-the-mill mid-card. Um, God, I'll start talking wrestling terms. Uh, Mid-ranking... <laughs> Uh, player, yeah. not, not at the world alike, but you know, solid career. And also, I wouldn't mind if I, I wouldn't moan if I had fourteen million pounds in the bank. So you know, no, he, uh, he's just he's crazy quick. Uh, he's a counter puncher. Yeah, meaning that he was he's very good at turning defence into attack. So as he's defending and saying sliding on his backhand side, or then hits him this crazy shot. Uh, but good yeah. player, classic. Classic French player, really. Right. Uh, in October, <laughs> and he won his, uh, the record sixth title, and also his 82nd ATP men's singles title overall. So, you know, going strong. He did reach a final of the uh, World Tour final, but he had to withdraw for a back injury that he suffered against Vavrinka. Uh, but despite his injury, he did finish the season on a high, defeating uh, Richard uh, Gasquet to clinch the Davis Cup for Switzerland for the first time in their history. And this final um, attracted over 27,000 spectators uh, per match. So it, was the, it, was the, uh, it broke attendance records for the highest ever officially sanctioned competition tennis match this was. Uh, so we get to 2015, and he starts at the Brisbane in the case, uh, International. He beats uh, Milos Raonic in the final. And this a very significant uh, win for him. It was his 1,000th career win on the ATP Tour. So from 2000, what, from 1999 to 2015, he won 1,000 matches, which is just, again, ridiculous. Uh, he then defected, he won Dubai. Didn't really have a successful year in terms of Roger Federer, but he did get to two Grand Slam finals. Uh, Wimbledon and the US um, and he wins Cincinnati for a seventh time so you know, you know just doesn't win, <laughs> win titles once um, but then he he announced that he would enter the World Tour season with a new, new coaching team oh, no, sorry of course winning the Swiss indoor title again for the again his 88th ATP title and the seventh time he won his hometown event um, he would be, um, again, new coaching team. Uh, so he'd still have uh, Severin Luthi as his head coach, but Severin Edberg wouldn't be travelling with him. And he had uh, Ivan Lubicic join him. Uh, again, former world number three player. Um, good, um, good, good player in his own right, but um, not, 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 the, not the best player. Yeah, he was uh, a great Great player on his day. Good serving volleyer. Uh, he had a yeah. really good summer once where he did back-to-back Miami and Indian Wells Masters. 
I think he lost one of them, but won the other. Uh, quarterfinal, uh, one of the Grand Slams, I think Australia, but I can't remember off the top of my head. And he also won the Davis Cup as well. So uh, he had a good career. He's got a good mind for the game from what I hear people talk about him. Uh, clearly, because he, st- he still coaches Federer to this day. So, of course, he does or he wouldn't still be there. But, um, yeah, good. Good, good player, good mind to have on his on his side. Yeah, great player to have. Uh, um, but then we get to 2016. Federer has um, knee surgery. He has a back injury and also a very long hiatus in his recovery. Um, and then also he has a stomach virus that he thought to be Miami, and that um, you know further his. Uh, is with, with time to recover. But he did make his comeback at the Monte Carlo Masters, losing in the quarterfinals. So, so, so he's still injured and gets to the quarterfinals of a tournament, you know, <laughs> ridiculous. Um, he, but then in Madrid, he gets a back injury again and withdraw shortly after arriving. Uh, lost to TM in uh, uh, Italian Open. Uh, withdrew from the French Open as well, uh, which broke a run of 65 consecutive participations in a Grand Slam tournament stretching back to the 2000 um, Australian Open. Um, but he still had knee pain to the grass easy, lost his Stuttgart and Haller. He did come back for two sets to defeat Marin Cilic in the quarterfinals of Wimbledon, uh, reaching um, equal the record of 11 Wimbledon semifinals and 84 match wins at Wimbledon. But he did lose uh, his first Wimbledon semi-final in a five-set loss to Raonic, again re-injuring his knee. Um, Not his best year for well, injury-wise, a lot of problems. They got piecing back together at this point. Yeah, I, I, it's just still so so great. Um, but then he said that he would miss uh, the. 2016 Olympics it probably would have annoyed him missing that. I can imagine probably really did grind with him that he couldn't go to. Yeah, it is. Uh, even at Rio. this point, it's the last. It's the last. It's the last accolade. Is a medal or trophy that he doesn't have. He's got everything else you can think of, including a Davis Cup, but he doesn't have that singles gold. You can imagine it. You can just imagine him just like. He, he, to be honest, I don't think he keeps up at night because he's won so so much. But <laughs> but you can just imagine it, just like you know, just grinding him a little bit, just going, oh, I just want that 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 last thing, that last uh, that last uh, golden Grand Slam that I want. Um, but the it was the first time he failed to win a title since two thousand, and also drop at top ten for the first time in fourteen years. Everyone was thinking, this is the end. Goodbye, Roger. And then 2017 comes. <laughs> um, yes. This is pretty, pretty great. Yeah. So, he, uh, straight in open, he, was, he slipped to number 17 in the rankings, so he started that. He beat top 10 players, Thomas Burnett and Cody Shikori, to win to get to the final. Making Federer the oldest man to compete in the Grand Slam semi-final since Jimmy Connors. And he beat Javin through five sets and then making an Oz player to compete in the final since 1974. 
And then coming back from sit down, coming from back down the fifth set, he defeated first Nadal to win the Australian Open. Do you think this was a bit, basically, I know, know he would never do it, but this was like a big thumb, like middle finger to uh, the, the uh, so-called expert saying, fuck you, I'm not retiring, piss off. Yeah. Um, I think I, I doubt he would have seen. That's what it. I doubt he would have thought it in that way. I think he would have thought yeah. it as a personal achievement that hey, he can still be at this level, and um, crazy achievement. It's nuts to think that after what we just spoke about is 2016 being like where he's having surgeries, he's ill, his back hurts. He's what 2016. He's 38 now. He's 35, which realistically, you're thinking probably the end or the twilight of his career and uh but but no no it's not <laughs> no it's not and then this is the first time that he beat um so the first time he beat Nadal since 2007 when the final and also it was his 100th match at the Australian Open and he won it um and then with this victory of course he got to the, back to the top 10 he was 25th Masters at Indian Wells it was his 90th career title. He's back to the six. Um, this time, it, it was the third time that he won Indian Wells, Miami, uh, back called the Sunshine Double. So it's the first time he did that since 2006. And he's the only man to win all three, back to well, two, three times. Uh, so he, he decides to skip the most pointless part of the season, which is clay. Um <laughs> But did lose to Tommy Haas in the second round despite holding match points and Thomas Haas was number 302 in the world at the point. This is Haller, isn't it? Yeah, so, so yeah. Haller... So he, he won Haller uh, without losing the set. Uh, he made it to the final of Wimbledon, defeating Rarick Burnich in the quarters and semis. And then he defeated Marin Chilich in single straight sets to win his eighth Wimbledon title on his 19th. So, again, the man passed it over the hill, done. But this became the second man in the era to win Wimbledon without dropping a set again. And it, and it marked again the second time, of course, after the 2007. And he's back to number three in the world and qualifies for the ACP finals for a record 15th time. <laughs> Um, so yeah, he yeah, and then he also captured Shanghai. He won the title, massive title again. Um, it was his first straight victory over the doll. His ninety fourth career title. This was so he was, uh, he was Lendl. Just he's just so good. Um, twenty eighteen, twenty eighteen. He won his twentieth um, Grand Slam title, uh, winning the. Um, Australian Open in a five-set I think it's Marin Cilic. Marin Cilic is well like um, a bit like a fine wine, got better as he got older. And of course, of course Marin Cilic does eventually win the, the US Open. Uh, so this was the sixth time he won at Australia, equaling uh, Novak and Roy Emerson. Uh, but again, of course, Novak surpassed it really in 2019. Also the first man to win 20 Grand Slam titles. And also, it was the first time since 2008 that he'd successfully defended a major title. Oh. Uh, see, well, and he, he, that's good. Uh, see, and also he returned to number one uh, at the Rotterdam Open. He beat Dimitrov in straight sets in the final. 
He was 36, year, 36 years of age at this point. And he was yeah, back at number one. Um, so, such a good player. There's nothing you can say about him, can you? Um, no, I mean, the rest of the year looks, looks blooming good as well. He comes into Wimbledon as... I mean, he skips the French Open again uh, because... He basically was worried about longevity and everything like that. He comes into comes into Wimbledon defending champion and he does make the quarterfinals, but then loses to a rather inspired South African in Kevin Anderson. We were talking about him winning that poll uh, earlier about most respected person. I doubt he cared much for South Africans after this. Um, no. Wins the first... Well, he wins the first two sets, has match point, and something you're not going to hear us say much about Roger Federer. He then goes and loses the match. Um, no, I mean, um... <laughs> it's just crazy. Kevin Anderson was on fire, and um, he got a bit screwed over, Mr. Kevin Anderson. He ended up then having to play a stupidly long semi-final, and uh, was given no. But a delayed semi-final as well, and was then given no kind of reprieve before the final. So he went into it knackered and could barely kind of play at the level he'd shown, um, which I think was poor organisation from Wimbledon's uh, point of view. It was. It that's, was. A different, that's a different podcast entirely. <laughs> no, they, they wouldn't make uh, they wouldn't make Federer do that. Uh, <laughs> We then get to the um, we get to the, we go to the U.S. Open. Uh, it was second seed at the U.S. Open, but was upset by John Millman in the fourth round, um, saying that uh, that it was very hot, very humid, sort of toll on his body. Then he played the Labour Cup, where Team Europe defended their title. No one cares about the Labour Cup. Um, he then it's great to watch. You got everyone going. Uh, Everyone going nuts on the side of the court. It's pretty great. To be honest, I just like Nick Kyrgios because Nick Kyrgios is just yeah, a, he's pretty cool. I love Nick Kyrgios. <laughs> um, but then you get to the uh, ATP finals, but you lost that outside the sphere. One of the new guard of tennis uh, that still can't be the old guard. Uh, then we get to twenty nineteen. Um, so Cotman Cup record, he wins that. He was the first place to win it three times. He gets to 100 titles as well. Um, yeah, he does that in Dubai, doesn't he? He does. He beats Tsipitas uh, in the final. Uh, and, then we get, and then also gets his 1,200th uh, career win at the... At the um, Madrid Open, beating Gal Monfi in the third round, but lost a TM in the quarterfinals. Uh, played the French Open for the first time in four years, and he gets to the quarterfinals, uh, beats Vavrinka, um, and then, of course, lost to Nadal. Um, of course. Yeah, of course. Plays Haller, <laughs> plays Haller, wins it for the tenth time. Uh, it was the first time that he'd won a tournament ten times or more. He reached his 12th final at Wimbledon, beating Nadal in four sets of the semis. Um, I remember watching this. Federer had a chance to serve for the title. 
and he didn't. Match point and everything. He did. I mean, to his, I, I was, I, I was with um, uh, a girl at the time who was um, a big tennis fan, and she was, oh, she was thankful for Djokovic. When Djokovic got that set point, and um, she was asked to leave my house at that point. <laughs> uh, she, she thought I was joking I told her to leave if she doesn't leave then I'm going to force her out <laughs> um, which is she, which is why she's no longer a friend of mine um, he <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, next played at the he played at Cincinnati where he lost his straight sets to Andre Rublev and it was his quickest defeat in 16 years he lost in just over an hour. So, yeah. So, he had to do a third turn. He, um, he beats Dan Evans and, and uh, David Goffin in the third and fourth round. Lost to Dimitrov um, in that. Uh, with Shanghai. Sorry, no. Loses Shanghai quarterfinals to Alexander Zverev in um, three sets. Um, his first round match of Swiss indoors was his 1500th match of his career. And also with the 10th Swiss indoors title. Amazing. Um, and this is where me and Nathan poorly planned what we were doing. He, <laughs> we, we think he gets, he thinks he's going to lose. He loses to Dominic TM, beats Matteo Baronetti, beats Djokovic for the first time since 2015, I might add. And then loses to Stefanos in the straight sets. I can't say his name. It's just such a, but that is the end. Well, not the end, but that is the the career. The of, of his career. It's it so is. I'm, all all I'm going to take away from this is Roger Federer is uh, just the the best. He's stunningly consistent. As we were just racking up off like all of his all of his achievements and everything. Going back, like we started in '98, all the way to 2019, and it's just title, record, championship after championship after record after title after world number one status after perfect tournaments, not dropping sets after comeback wins, and it's just stunning to think about um, everything that the guys guys achieved. And as I say. The only thing that he doesn't have, he doesn't have Olympic gold in in uh, in singles. No, he doesn't. Uh, and then, like, uh, I, I agree with you completely. I think he's consistent. He's dominated a sport that is very, it's very hard to dominate in with so many good players out there. He's made to stay on top. Um, I love when people thought he was done. He comes back and wins. Two majors. Um, for me, he is the biggest reason why I watch tennis. Uh, when he goes, it'll be a very sad day uh, for the game of tennis. But I hope he stays round in a in a capacity, and you know, uh, maybe runs a tournament or he becomes something to do with the ATP. I don't think he will. I think he'll go away with his family and try and live that family lifestyle that he's not been able to do. I think he'll play exhibitions. I think he'll do like the the Champions Tour for retired players. And even in in December this year, he's doing South America 
just playing exhibition tournament like exhibition matches. Some of them are with uh, I think some of them are with Sasha Zverev or most of them are. And he's good. He's raking it in doing that. Like he's going to get apparently he's going to go over ten million dollars for all the ones that he's doing in December. And um, so I think he will stick around and um, maybe just do exhibition matches after he retires. But I think I do think that this crack at Olympic gold in Tokyo is, I think, I think in a year's time, we might be saying goodbye to Roger Federer as a professional. Um, But hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully he just defies time and just keeps going for another five years. Uh, I agree completely. I mean, I, 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 I hope he, I think he'll do forty and eight for me. I think he'll get to forty. He'll go. I always said to my, me and my uncle spoke about it. I always said if he wins one more Wimbledon, he'll go. He wins that Wimbledon, they get to another final Wimbledon, and just uh, as you said, as we said, unfortunately loses. Um, but we we could do a whole podcast on. Uh, the, the big four, and I think Nathan, we, we've got to do it. I think we can do a podcast on the Nadal, Djokovic, Federer, and Murray. Um, I can't wait to do that. Um, but when um, Nathan, it's been a pleasure having you go on this journey with me, of Roger Federer. It's nice to have uh, it's nice to have a person who's intelligent to do it with me. <laughs> well, no problem. I'll always lend my intelligence to you, should it be required. Thank you. Well, mate, you, you, you've two, mate, you've got two round of applause there to me. That's amazing. Um, but um, uh, yeah, we've uh, go back to rugby. We've got a, a fantastic backlog. We've got Doctor Who um, podcasts with uh, Sean and Carl. Um, we've got uh, Naked Men podcast, which is just fucking hilarious. Honestly, uh, <laughs> oh, honestly, they, they are so fun. Um, but yeah, you can follow Rugby's at Rogue underscore opinions. Uh, follow me at rsaunders1995 on both Instagram and Twitter. Nathan, where can we find you? Uh, you can just find me at Nathan Greenaway on the Twitter. And that's it. That's good. That's good. Um, I just want to say one more thing before we go. Uh, Scott McLeod uh, and is it Paul Brown? Um, we're going to kick your ass, bitch. That is that is coming up this this weekend. Uh, to go back to wrestling Survivor Series, it is Team Rogue Opinions taking on Scott and Paul's Rambling Podcast, which is at um, SP Rambling. If you want to follow, uh, can, can I be king again for this? Just you know, I've got I've got, I've got to get my uh, I've got to get my moniker in. I've got I've got to be you know um, the, the the Barry Corbin of the group. <laughs> you could be king if you want to. Well, mate, I'm already kicking some of my bio on Twitter. Um, <laughs> um, that's what we're playing for with Hell in a Cell. I, I put myself through Hell in a Cell to win the kingship of uh, Rogue Opinions, and I am still the king. But, guys, um, please join us again. Uh, as I said, we'll be doing the, uh, the Big Four podcast soon on Nadal, Federer, Djokovic, and um, Murray. Murray. That's what want to do. Yeah, Mr... All right, thanks. Uh, <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, hope you enjoyed it, and hope to see you soon. Goodbye. Bye. Uh... <laughs>
He's got to wait again. It's back-to-back -back years. This has happened. He has done it. A sensational six for Federer down under. He took the scenic route, but he's got there in the end. A winner against Chilich.